How's Peter doing right now? How bad has it gotten over the last seven months? Things were bad since day one. Things have gotten worse. His health has gotten worse. He's being limited as to how many times a day he can eat, how much contact he can have with his friends and family. He's been put in solitary confinement. So as bad as things are, things have gotten worse for Peter. From KYW News Radio in Philadelphia, this is Scroll Down. I'm Tom Rickert. Back in September, we put out an episode called Free Peter BR. If you haven't listened to it yet, it's probably better to go back to episode 40 and listen before you start on this one. Peter BR is one of the lost boys of Sudan. Thousands of young children who had to run away from a horrible civil war in the country. Peter finally made it to Philadelphia. He went to Central High and LaSalle University, then he got his master's at Harvard and his PhD at Cambridge. This guy is smart, and he's been through some stuff. So, back in episode 40, we talked to a couple of his friends from college, and they told us how, through every stage of his life, Peter's heart stayed with the people of South Sudan. Peter started speaking out against the violence in South Sudan, organizing young people through leadership forums and speaking against the regime running the country. Then in late July of last year, 2018, Peter was arrested and put in a notorious prison called the Blue House. Tim Jimenez brought this story to scroll down in September. Tim, thank you for coming back to the podcast. I've been thinking about Peter a whole lot since we talked back then. It's hard not to, Tom, because it's been, where are we at, 200 plus days that Peter has been behind bars in the Blue House that you mentioned, where... It's a very notorious place. They treat their prisoners apparently terribly. And he's been there this entire time, Tom. And uh, it is something, yeah, I think about too. I don't know if anyone thought when we talked last that he would still be in this prison now, all this time later. Has anything changed since we talked in September? Yeah, well, a few things changed. One, apparently, according to his friend's family, uh, his condition has gotten worse. So I called his friends, uh, Ryan Miser and Luke Bullerman. Oh, my name is Ryan Miser, and you have permission to use this recording? Yeah, sure. My name is Luke Bullerman. Now, these are two guys from LaSalle University that went to school with Peter, so they know him pretty well. It's a very frustrating situation we're experiencing, and um, it's kind of just cathartic, I think, to speak to you and, and try to get this story out there. Yeah, I can't believe we're still doing this. This is ugh, it's unreal. Yeah, it is. They have been just heartbroken this entire time with how Peter has been treated, first his arrest, now the way he's being treated in the prison. And again, that there's no end in sight. It has been something that both of them, Ryan and Luke, have been thinking about for for a long, long time. And they think about it every day. All the time. I mean, Peter, you know, I had a couple moments in college where I was going through some personal stuff. And uh, he was one one low level below me in the apartment complex. So I'd go down and we'd sit down on the couch and we would talk and I'd start complaining to him about whatever I was going through, and then I have a moment of clarity. I'm like, wait a minute, this guy was in a refugee camp eating sand as a, as a boy trying to make his way for a better life. He comes to Philadelphia, and he creates this you know, life for himself. He's known around campus, and he's done everything, and I'm complaining about you know, nonsense. And uh, I think about that, and I think about now here in my job or whatever, you know, he's, he's in a detention facility being effectively tortured and forgotten about. 
It's heartbreaking. And now there's just another chapter here, another challenge that Peter is once again going through that they think about on a daily basis. So since our last interview, Tim, I mean, things have really only gotten worse. Um, Despite the pressure initiatives from the international community, from social media and the various campaigns, the government of South Sudan has continued their tactics. Talking to Luke about it, they're still holding political prisoners, including Peter. But they're telling people on the outside, oh, we don't have any political prisoners. So they're saying one thing, while the reality is Peter and others are behind bars. And that is a a frightening thing for Peter's friends. They're threatening people, both implied and direct threats for people who speak out and people on the ground there. There's been continued arbitrary detention of people in South Sudan. And what's what's scariest um, for all of us is they continue to monitor social media platforms. They've been intercepting messages, social media messages, Facebook, so on and so forth. And they are targeting people involved in the campaign to pressure them to stop speaking on Peter's behalf. And some of them have been threatened by the NSS, which is the government security apparatus. So it's it's been really um, sort of scary and frightening to think that, you know, the people on the ground, Peter's family, his friends, everyone who's rallied around him, who know him, have been have been targeted on this. Now, a big development that happened was that Peter now has representation. He has a lawyer, Jared Genzer, out of Washington, D.C. And Jared is uh, someone we spoke with. Yeah, this is uh, my name is Jared Genzer. Um, probably the best title to use is just pro bono counsel for, for Peter Ajak BR, the South Sudanese uh, peace activist. And he is someone who has fought for the freedom of political prisoners uh, in his career. And this is a case that he's now taken on. Sure. And is this something you just plan on staying with as long as it takes? This is uh, how it works in this uh, profession that I've chosen. <laughs> so, uh, yes, indeed. When I get involved in a case, I'm there to the very end. And that can be sometimes very, very quick or very, very long, uh, depending on the country that you're going up against. My view is that the injustice of Peter's detention is incredibly clear uh, and apparent. Uh, The government of South Sudan has an easy way out here at this point because they actually haven't charged him with any crimes yet. They can simply just release him. The executive branch can decide, President Keir can decide that enough is enough and that this should come to an end. And that would be the easy way to resolve it. The hard way to resolve it is, uh, you know, to force us to deploy every tool at our disposal. You know, we've started with an initial filing to the U.N. Um, We'll be making another submission that relates to his arbitrary detention shortly. Uh, And we'll be mobilizing political support around the world and and, and talking to the media about his uh, his story uh, and what he's going through. Um, His wife, of course, will also uh, start to travel uh, extensively. Uh, to be able to bring to life what she's going through and what their young kids are going through. And it's really by putting a face to these kinds of stories uh, and speaking to the injustice of people's detentions that governments ultimately have to decide whether the costs of detaining a person uh, are really worth the benefits. And it's my job uh, as a human rights lawyer to ensure that those costs are dramatically above the benefits so that the government just comes to a logical conclusion, even if it doesn't want to, that releasing uh, people like Peter is just the only option. What do you know about the Blue House, this prison that Peter has been held in for months and months now? Blue windows, just a very terrible place where the conditions are poor. Uh, Peter apparently has been in solitary confinement and it, several times, so that's definitely something that's detrimental for him. Uh, just a rough place. And there are these other political prisoners who are there. And again, maybe being held on a meal a day and limited access to the outside world. So that is something that has been going on there for quite some time at this place. 
a little while ago, something actually happened there at the Blue House that made us all pretty nervous for Peter's safety. Yeah, well, when you hear about this, and of course, it's, it's, it's frightening for, for Luke and Ryan, a frightening situation there in the Blue House where you hear about this uprising. There was, I don't know if you reported it yourself, Tim, but there was a turmoil in the Blue House, the prison that he was being held in, and there was a prisoner uprising. There was uh, a prisoner revolt back in October. Now, that time, the prisoners there were demanding better treatment in that prison. And some of the prisoners took arms. Guns possibly being drawn. So prisoners, government officials kind of clashing and the potential for violence and even death in a situation like that. Peter was an intermediary between the government and the prisoners that were being held that were demanding just treatment. And according to Peter's friends, Peter was the one who was pushing for peace. The idea that he was pushing for peace was no surprise to Ryan Miser, to Luke Bollerman, to his friends, to those who know him best. That is what he is. That is what he does. That is who Peter is, someone who fights for peace, even if there's suffering involved. Wow. And that, I mean, wow. And just talking to you guys and just hearing that he was trying to basically calm everything down, that's no surprise to me. I'm sure it's no surprise to you. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. I, I, I'd expect him to take those positions, and I'm happy to hear it as well because he's, I'm just happy to hear that he still has that energy and that wherewithal to do so. He's not. I, I fear that this experience is they're trying to break his psyche, and by him uh, acting out in that way, I can tell he still he still has the fortitude that he had before. This is who Peter is, down to his core, right? I mean, he is he has dreamed about helping people and helping his country since he was a little boy in a refugee camp. Um, and, and that's just the God's honest truth about it. So when something like a prison riot happens, that's a scary situation. I mean, I wouldn't put it past these guys to go in there and start arbitrarily beating people, torturing people, and killing people, and then blaming the prison riot on it. But yeah, when we heard that Peter was grabbing the situation, trying to take control of it, trying to put a peaceful resolution to it, it was typical, it was typical Peter, right? And I think that speaks volumes as to who he is and how he wants to employ his vision for South Sudan, unifying people, taking people who are fighting and bringing them together, trying to look towards the future. I wasn't surprised in the least, but of course, when you talk about prison riots in the Blue House and then being surrounded by the government troops, arms drawn, it's a really scary situation. And they then used the prison uprising as a way to stop people from visiting him. And since that time, they've limited access to him. Maybe a couple of his family members have been allowed to see him, but other than that, again, it's been uh, designed as a tactic to uh, not allow access to him in the prison. So with that uprising, after that, essentially he's been punished for his role in just trying to make peace. Once again, being punished for something that he believes is he's doing the right thing. So they're having maybe a meal a day. This is according to his attorney. Maybe a meal a day. He is having a very, very hard time right now. After that revolt, uh, Peter and the other prisons, uh, prisoners have been limited to only one meal a day and have had very limited access to medical care. And a few weeks ago, he got quite sick and was even denied access to a doctor. 
Um, but we know that his health has deteriorated substantially um, and that he's in a, a much weakened state and he's having a very, very hard time uh, with you know, only sporadic access to, uh, to his own family and to counsel. So you have a potentially life and death situation, just limited access to food, limited access to, to the outside world, and then even limited access to medical care. Really just uh, something that, uh, once again, Peter is being beaten down. But uh, he's still in there. And so we're incredibly worried about his health and safety. The way that the government is treating him is clearly cruel and human and degrading treatment under international law. And, of course, the overall reason why they're detaining him is is a flagrant violation of the government's uh, obligations to provide him with his protected rights of uh, freedom of opinion and expression. It's really interesting to me to hear Luke and Ryan talk about his his role in defusing this situation. It's almost as if they're saying, you know, Peter can't help himself. Yeah. He just has to try to be the peacemaker in every situation he goes. Yeah, and, and Ryan mentioned that it was comforting to him to hear that, that there is still, even with all that he's been through, that Peter has this strength left to to do that to defuse the situation, to call for a peaceful end to potential violence. Right now, we're seven months after Peter was put in prison. All this time later, what are the stakes now? What do you, what do Peter's friends, his lawyer, think is probably going to happen here? Well, that's a tricky one. uh, They say that there is the possibility, because this has happened before, that Peter, out of the blue, is just released in the middle of the night. They think that's still a possibility, because in the history of South Sudan, in the history of this blue house, that has happened. Prisoners, political prisoners, have just been released for no reason, for whatever reason. Uh, Anything else you want to add, Ryan, about what you see happening anytime soon, if anything? Well, my own personal opinion is that he'll... One of these days, he's just going to get released, and there'll be no charges. I kind of pray this is the case, too. I have my fingers crossed that Salvatore just decides it's okay, it's time to go, and and he lets him out. I hope for that every single morning I wake up. And, you know, when I'm at home and I come back from work, sometimes I sit on my couch, and I just think about that he's on a dirt floor in a terrible, you know, prison I know he's had malaria. His health is deteriorating. He's losing his weight. Um, and there's some, some serious conditions. So, yeah, I, I hope, you know, I hope and I pray every single day. But, you know, the reality is on the ground there that um, Salvatore doesn't care. The government doesn't care. They've maintained their power by keeping the various groups and people of South Sudan scared, desperate, fractured. And then everybody retreats behind, you know, these so-called leaders, and they've got no other choices. And I think what frightens them the most is that someone might be actual, actually able to invigorate the youth and unite the country and see beyond all these various groups. And so, yeah, do I think that it could happen? Yes, but I, I, I don't think it's going to happen unless we continue to act. But there's also the possibility that it goes the other way, and this takes a tragic turn, because what his lawyer, Jared Genser, has been saying is that Peter is being investigated for incredible things like treason and terrorism. Now, Genzer says if he's charged and convicted, Peter could be sentenced to death. In terms of the actual case itself, has Peter been charged with anything? I mean, is there any reason, I guess, legally why he should be behind bars? 
No, there isn't. And in fact, uh, you know, he's been held without charge or trial. Uh, he hasn't even been brought before a judge. Uh, he was ar- well. Initially, he was arrested um, in July of 2018 by the National Security Service of South Sudan. It was quite clear from the outset that this was because of his political and social activism. In fact, the uh, the terms of reference of the investigation actually instructed the investigators to look at his social media posts, his television appearances, and his involvement with uh, an NGO that he started, the South Sudan uh, Young Leaders Forum. Shockingly, they have said that he's being investigated for charges that include treason and terrorism. And if he were, in fact, charged and convicted of those offenses, uh, he could even be sentenced to death. So... This can turn out in, in many different ways, because, and it's all uncertain. Peter could walk out of jail and get back to his wife and his children and his family, according to his attorney, according to his friends and family. He could be put to death. What are Luke and Ryan doing right now? And, and for that matter, how, how, how can I help? How can you know somebody who might have run into Peter, Peter's friends, all over the world uh, and may not be keeping in touch with him or somebody who just hears this and wants to help Peter BR. What can you or I do about this? There is much to do in terms of just getting the word out and spreading the word according to his friends, which is something they've been trying to do since day one is to make a public push to maybe force the leadership of South Sudan to release Peter and other political prisoners. Now, the big thing is is social media push. Uh, The big thing is for contacting legislators to make a public push to get Peter out. This is something that Ryan and Luke have been trying to do, and and Peter's other friends have been trying to do since day one, is to have public officials here in the United States and different parts of the world to call out the South Sudanese government and say, listen, you have to let Peter go. You have to let these other people go because they're in prison for no good reason, for speaking their mind. And we've seen that. uh, Senators Cory Booker of New Jersey, Chris Coons of Delaware, when Peter was first arrested, they released statements calling for his release. Now, Recently, Congresswoman Madeline Dean from Montgomery County, she actually spoke on the floor of the House calling for Peter and other political prisoners to be released in South Sudan. Now, Dean taught at LaSalle University where Peter went to school, so this is something she says uh, meant something to her, and to see Peter, a bright guy who did so much good and is doing so much good, to see him behind bars really uh, affected her. And so she spoke on the floor of the House. The idea is to, and even Jenser said this, is to make more of this public push to get the word out, social media, contacting lawmakers that Peter is behind bars, there are political prisoners in South Sudan, and something needs to be done. Tim, you've been keeping an eye on this for a long time. If you find anything out, how can people who are listening and who are interested read about it, follow you online? Yeah, well, on Twitter, at Tim J Radio. Also, Facebook, uh, at Tim J Radio as well. And, of course, KYWnewsradio.com. You can definitely check out any updates that uh, I may have or or any updates that will come out of this. Tim, thanks so much for coming back to the podcast. Thanks, Tom. And that's it for this week's show. We're definitely going to keep following any developments in Peter's imprisonment. Keep an eye on Tim's Twitter account, at TimJRadio, and we'll pass along any information we get, too. You can follow us at ScrollDownPod. 
Scroll Down is hosted and produced in the KOW News Radio studios in Philadelphia. Please take a moment to help us out by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. That's huge for us. It helps us keep making the podcast and it gets it to new listeners as well. I'm Tom Rickert. Thanks for listening to Scroll Down. I'll talk to you again next time. 